0: Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to start with reading the passage. Um, And uh, so if you'd like to get out your Bibles or your phones and read along with me, that would be great. Um, And I'm also going to reference it a lot throughout the sermon. If um, I find phones very distracting. Um, So if you didn't know, there is a drawer full of Bibles um, in the foyer. So if you would like to go and grab a hard copy, you are more than welcome to. Um, And that way you won't get distracted. So I am reading from John um, chapter 10, um, verses 1 to 10. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that, may ha- that they may have life and have it to the full." So I have the absolute pr- um, privilege of working in the outdoors as my job. Um, and so one part of that job is that I get to be um, go rock climbing a lot and um, work a lot at heights. Um, and that's great, but I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> So it's a little bit problematic. Um, specifically, I'm scared that when I'm up there, I'm going to make a mistake. Um, I'm going to let go, or I'm going to slip, or I'm going to stumble and like fall off the cliff. Um, and so um, as a because it's a part of my job, I've had to come overcome that. Um, and so I get really tense up there and I sort of freeze up. Um, And that actually makes it harder because then it's more likely that I'm going to make a mistake. It's more likely that I'm going to let go and more likely that I'm going to fall because I'm all sort of tense and holding on so tight. Um, So in order to get into my job, I went to TAFE for two years um, and I got to do a Diploma of Outdoor Recreation. And as a part of that diploma, I got to spend two years living and studying in the outdoors. Um, and as a part of that, I specialised in rock climbing. Um, so I got to sit in the classroom and learn about the equipment that we use, um, learn about how much it could hold, learn about what the harness did and how the ropes work and how how you could build a system that was going to keep you safe. Um, and I got to learn from these lecturers, these people who had been out climbing for years. Um, they had such a wealth of knowledge and I got to learn from the experiences that they had had and the challenges that they had faced um, and I also, yeah, got to experience it. I got to go rock climbing. I got to fall on the gear. I got to be caught by my harness and caught by those ropes. Um, and so I learned from the textbook and I learned from others' experiences and I learned from falling again and again and again. Um And so when I got the privilege of going to Mount Arapiles, which is in Victoria, um, I got to climb 120 metres up a rock face. Um, And there was this moment where I was climbing and suddenly that fear hit me and it threatened to overwhelm me. Um, And I remember very vividly sort of clinging there for a second, all really tense, and then just slowly lowering myself down until the harness caught me. (laughs) And then I could climb from there because I knew that that harness was going to catch me even though I was really, really high up and there was nothing under me. In fact, I was on an overhang and there wasn't even a rock to catch me. So I had to fully rely on that harness and on those ropes. And so now when I have that moment where that fear hits me and it threatens to overwhelm me, I can take a moment and I can remember all of that experience and knowledge that has come before and I can trust in my gear and I can use that to fight that fear and I can overcome it. And I can also teach kids that. I can explain it to them and help them to overcome their fears in the same way. So, it'll all make sense when we get to the end, I promise. Um, (laughs) We're going to go through the passage again um, verse by verse and I'm going to share some of the background information that will help um, give you a deeper understanding of what Jesus is saying. Um, so, I, yeah, recommend that you keep that passage open in front of you. Um, and, yeah, there, from, from there I'll draw out from the passage um, what it is saying um, to us today um, and how we can apply it to our lives um, now. So, verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. So in the near, like, back then there were two different types of shepherds. There were the nomadic shepherds um, and they would move from village to village um, and trade with lots of different villages and there were those who would stay in one village and be based. The shepherds we're talking about here are those nomadic ones. Um, And so they would move their sheep around during the day and then at night um, they would move them into an enclosure that was formed naturally. So something like a cave or they would make one using what was available to them. Um, For example, the walls of an old house um, topped by thorny branches that would act like barbed wire. With these natural enclosures, there often wasn't a gate. And so the shepherd would sit in the gap and guard the way into the pen. They would be the physical gate. Sometimes there'd be more than one one flock of sheep in a pen and so one of the shepherds would be sitting as the gate. So you really only had two options um, into the pen. You could either climb over those walls or you could walk past the shepherd. So the thief and the robber here, we can kind of assume that they don't have a good purpose. If you're going in over the wall, then you don't have the best interest of those sheep at heart um, and you're there to take for yourself. You're not there to look after them or care for them. And so, verse 2 the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus labels those who go in over the walls as thieves and robbers. And so, by contrast, the one who goes through the door is the shepherd. Um, And he would have to be known in order to go um, in through that way. Um, He has the right to enter and he's recognized by that doorkeeper. Verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Sheep require constant care. Um, They have little ability to defend themselves or stay away from dangerous situations. Um, And so the shepherd had to be strong, resourceful and cunning um, to bring the flock to water, to keep it together while it was grazing and to protect it from a constant threat of predators. And so the shepherd sitting in the place of the gate ensures the absolute safety of the sheep. In doing so, the shepherd gives of himself to protect the sheep during the night. Probably wasn't very comfortable to sit as a gate. A good shepherd cared for a sheep and came to know each one. The sheep would know and respond to the voice of the shepherd alone. To be a shepherd was to devote all of yourself to caring for the sheep. It was to give your life to looking after them. Verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd because they have spent time together and the shepherd has led them to safety and pasture again and again. The sheep would not follow a stranger because they don't know them. They don't have that history. And the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is based upon trust and knowledge of each other. Verse five, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Without that relationship, the sheep will not follow a stranger. They would run away like sheep today do. Um, and so to follow the sheep must first have relationship with that person. And that relationship was developed because the sheep had consistently been cared for over an extended period of time. Verse six. This is the good stuff. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So, to the original audiences, both Jew and Gentiles, the language of shepherd is closely entwined with the language around kings. So, for example, in a broader cultural, um, in the broader culture, the crook and um, fail, which were the symbols of the pharaoh, um, who was the ruling monarch of Egypt, um, so the crook originated from the staff that shepherds use to protect their sheep. And so it represented the pharaoh's role as a shepherd in caring for his people. And then there's another deeper understanding for the people of God. Um, the Old Testament connects kings to shepherds. Um, have a look at verses like 2 Samuel 5, 2, 1 Chronicles 11, 2 and Ezekiel 34, which we'll go into more depth with. Um, Ezekiel 34 and Psalm 23 take the cultural understanding of kings being like shepherds and describe God as the fulfilment of the king who is a shepherd in how he tends for his people. Because the relationship between shepherd and flock was so tight, it became a metaphor for the relationship between God and his people. And so Jesus is speaking about the leaders of Israel, connecting his message to the kings. But the Pharisees did not understand this. Verse 7. Therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. So Ezekiel 34 speaks of the kings of Israel as shepherds and contrasts them against God, who is the good shepherd, and sets up David to be their shepherd. Um, So I've listed on the screen, there's two sets of characteristics that compare the kings and compare God as the shepherd. Um, So the kings, you only take care of yourselves, you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. When they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over the mountains. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered, has become food for the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. The verse then goes on to describe God as a shepherd. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them. I will rescue them from the places where they were scattered, and I will bring them out from the nations. I will bring them into their own land, and I will tend them in good pasture. I myself will tend my sheep and have them laid down. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will save my flock. that They will no longer be plundered. I will make a covenant of peace with them. I will make them and the places surrounding them a blessing. I will send down showers in season. They will be showers of blessing. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will, will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God, and with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. Cool. Um, <laughs> so the kings are catac- um, are sort of the same as those thieves and the robbers. Um, They're not caring for the sheep. They're caring for themselves. Um, And so God is devoted to caring for the sheep, um, to give himself to look after the sheep. And so just as the sheep know the voice of the shepherd, the people know what a good king should be like. And they've been waiting for this king to come. So verse 8, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. So if we're connecting the, sh- um, the shepherds to the imagery of kings, then we can think of the robbers as kings who did not have the best interests of the people at heart but instead had selfish motivations. So the kings of Israel. Um, there are good and there are bad kings. Next one. Next one. Yeah, that one. one. Um, <laughs> So on the board are the two kingdoms, the north and the south. Um, And so the kings that are in red are the bad kings um, of Israel and the kings that are in green and kind of in yellow, they're like the good kings. So as you can see, bad kings definitely outweigh the good. Um, And so most of them have been bad. Um, The kings that have come before have fallen short. Um, They have been thieves and robbers. um, But the people have not listened to them. They are still waiting for a good king. So verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever, Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So prior to the arrival of Jesus was 400 years of silence from God, known as the intertestamental period. So this is the space between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, And this is where the people were under the rule of Persia and Greece and Rome. Before this was the Old Old Testament, which tells the story of Israel. From creation to Moses and Moses to David, and from David, a series of kings that get progressively worse until the people are taken away into exile. In Genesis three 3.15, we read, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In Deuteronomy 34.10, we read, And there has not uh, arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, who the Lord knew face to face. And in Exodus 34. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them and be their shepherd. So there is an expectation that starts in Genesis of one who is to come, one who is like Moses and like David, who will be able to lead the people of Israel. But there has been an issue. None who have come before have met the criteria of the shepherd in Ezekiel 34. Um, Jesus says, I am the gate. He's saying, I am that shepherd, the one like David, like Moses, the one to crush the head of the serpent, one who is there to care for the sheep, to be a shepherd who is devoted to the sheep, to do do all of what is described in Ezekiel. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief has not been there for the sheep. They don't have a relationship with the sheep. The only purpose they have for the sheep is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus has come. He is the shepherd who sits in the gap and is devoted to caring for us and giving of his life so that we may have life and have it to the full. The shepherd is the gate. If you're not entering in by the gate, then your purpose is obviously not good. The sheep recognise the shepherd and the shepherd is devoted to the sheep. The sheep know um, because of time spent with the shepherd, of, because of consistent care over an extended period. They will not follow the thief if they do not know them because you cannot follow someone if you do not have relationship with them. The shepherd is a metaphor used for the role of kings. The people want for a king who can fulfil the role of the shepherd. The shepherd. And the robbers are the previous kings who have fallen short. So the people have been waiting. Jesus is the gate. He is the shepherd. And he is the one they have been waiting for. The thief comes only for himself. Jesus came to lay down his life so that we may have abundant life. So that we would be like the sheep, knowing his voice, trusting in him to lead us to good pastures And to know the shepherd because we have experienced his consistent care and spent our days with him. And to know that he has given everything to build that relationship with us. Faith through relationship. And relationship from trust and trust in experience. We can have faith that Jesus will catch us. Through a relationship that's developed over time from trusting in knowledge of who He is and that comes from an experience of His consistent care for us. So, how do we do this? We can start with the experience. We can read Scripture, read it with the aim to learn about who God is and the why behind what He has done in the past. Like I learn about rock climbing and the equipment through books. We can pray, learn to hear His voice. We can spend time in community learning from one another, learning from what others have experienced about God. Just like I learn about rock climbing from my lecturers and from their experiences with it. And finally, we can practice trusting in Jesus. Stepping out when we have the opportunity in front of us, an opportunity to do what he asks of us, like Laura and Jordan stepping out, like me preaching. (laughs) The same as I had to fall on my gear, I had to experience that it was going to catch me so that I could learn that it was going to catch me next time as well. From that experience we can learn to trust and with that trust we can grow in relationship and from that relationship we can have faith. When you step out and know that even if you fall, he is going to catch you every single time. Just that I know that even if I fall while climbing, my gear is going to catch me every single time. I'll finish in prayer. Lord, I thank you that you want to have relationship with each one of us. That you want to know us deeply and your desire is for us to know you as well. Lord, I thank you for each person here in this room that you are chasing and pursuing after them, that you desire a relationship with them. And Lord, I thank you for each opportunity that you present before us to get to know you better, opportunity to spend time in your word, in your community and just with you. Lord, I thank you for every person gathered here and online and I thank you that you speak clearly to each one of them no matter if I stumble over my words. And I thank you for this message and the time this week that I have had to prepare it. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.